0: This is the Pro AV Podcast, your B2B show for the best thought leadership in the industry, bringing you education, information, and inspiration, only on MarketScale.
1: Nowadays, we put a lot of AV on the ones and zeros. They want more features, but they want to see less hardware.
0: Hey everyone, welcome into the podcast today. I'm your host, Tyler Kern. Now for many customers, their primary interaction with your QSR or your business or, or whatever it is that you do is by going through a drive through or looking at a menu board. So how can you leverage those interactions to best represent your business and boost ROI? And joining me to talk about how to make the best choices when it comes to content and equipment to achieve your business objectives is Kimberly Brecco. She's the CEO of Eco Digital Media. Kimberly, thank you so much for joining me.
2: Oh, so appreciate being invited. Thank you.
0: Absolutely. Kimberly, just give us a little background into what you do at Eco Digital Media and what, you, what your role is.
2: We are a digital signage integrator. What that means is we work with a lot of brands and of hardware and software, and we resell their product for them because typically most commercial manufacturers do not sell directly to consumers or customers. Um, so our role is to be that uh, person to inform and help make the best selection of the hardware and software based on what the client really wants to have happen in the end.
0: Excellent, excellent. And then uh, Rob Miner is joining us as well. He's the technical sales engineer for Peerless AV. Rob, thank you for joining us and uh, give us a little background into what it is that you do. Thank you for
1: inviting me. Peerless AV is a designer and manufacturer of quality audio and video solutions and accessories. And what I do at Peerless AV is I oversee the technical sales engineering department, ensuring that the team meets the goals that contribute to the overall success of Peerless AV. So what I really do is I work with sales, customer care, engineering design, manufacturing, all the facets of Peerless AV, as well as meeting with customers, integrators, installers, business owners, where I take my into market intelligence, the trends that I see in the marketplace, and help them craft a strategy using our products and solutions and our partners that will help meet the goals and objectives that they set forth for whatever application that they plan on using.
0: Absolutely. And so this is a situation where you've worked together in the past. And so we're talking uh, about, you know, from beginning to end, how to make drive-throughs work, right? So, so Kimberly, this is uh, this is something where you know what Rob does and what Rob creates and, and how to integrate it into uh, any particular situation that, that you're asked to help with.
2: Exactly. We have a great relationship and we work on designing the perfect uh, situation for a client um, all the way through to informing with um, what type of content they're going to put on Um, their uh, screens and how they manage the content going forward because we provide all those solutions as a turnkey product.
0: So tell me a little bit more about what makes content the ideal and necessary place to start when we talk about drive throughs Well,
2: content is a huge part of a digital signage deployment. It obviously is the thing that keeps people engaged. So starting from the standpoint of content first to inform what type of software and hardware that you're going to uh, suggest for a client is really key. When we talk to clients about content, we take them through a questionnaire so that we can learn as much about what their goals initially are with content as well as what are their goals in the next year, two years and beyond if they have any ideas or grand ideas in their minds.
0: Right, right. So that, that's the place where you start and that, that makes sense. And so there's there's obviously a huge importance placed on having dynamic content and you know having things that, that draw attention and catch the eye of, uh, of consumers and that sort of thing. So talk me through the importance of dynamic content and give me some examples of what that looks like when we use the words dynamic content. What is that? What does it look like? And tell me a little bit more about its importance.
2: Well, dynamic content can be anything from a short animated logo to giant video walls with interactive content, uh, drawing people in to touch screens and you know, creating an, an entire environment that that's only exists in that digital world. Dynamic content can also be quite expensive. And that's something that people don't talk about very often is that you really need to plan the budget for that content at the same time that you're planning the hardware and software needs for that ongoing budget.
1: And I'd like to add, on top of that content is too much content can lead to customer confusion. Putting too much detail on a menu board, whether it be for QSR, for a drive-through at a bank, or even a drive-through for a pickup for a Walgreens or CVS for prescriptions, Too much content is going to confuse consumers, it takes too long to read, and sometimes it also pressures the guests to make quick decisions just in order to keep the line moving because they feel that they're holding up the line trying to read and understand what's on that menu board. So it's always best trying to maximize the real estate that's on there to display the content. whereas. You know, what they originally had with static boards, you're trying to fit content into a fixed frame around strips, but with the dynamic content, with the LED display, you're able to use multiple zones and create visually engaging content.
2: That's a great point, Rob. And when you have the multiple zones that you create with a client, which is the first, well, really the first and second step of, of working with a client, there are formulas that you want to refer to, um, which is why it's so important to work with somebody who has experience in these areas. You want to create an environment that fits into this culture that you've already created, and this, this screen should really integrate into your environment along with the content. Having the multiple zones allows you to have a lot more content on there in a thoughtful way and bite-sized pieces so people can absorb it as, you, as they move along and not hold up that line.
1: Totally, and there's been so many studies that have been put out there that shows when consumers are looking at menu boards, they're always looking for familiar items that they remember, and with the eye tracking, going to the center of the display first, and then the eye moves to the right, and then to the left of the center. Last of you are the outer edges of the board, so it's always best to put your dynamic content in those particular areas of where you want them to see it, where you're going to engage that customer with pictures such as a suggested limit time offer or a price discount on something or an item that is pertainable to that guest coming up to place their order. And I think what the what part is lost is there's an art and a science to content. Uh, it's basically getting the guests an easy way to surf the menu board just as if they were to surf your, their mobile device, looking on a Safari or on a Chromebook, looking for the things that they want that mean the most to them.
0: Absolutely. And you know, a- as you guys are talking, this, this, Example really hits, hits close to home to me, especially something that you said, Rob, is that I'm always terrified of being that person that, that slows up the line and that other people behind hate. So I, you know, if, if there's too much going on and I'm looking all over the place, I'm like, ah, what, what am I going to do? What am I gonna, you know, what am I going to, what option am I going to choose? That sort of thing. That sometimes I can make panic decisions and not be happy with my my last second decision, right? So I think having that balance between, you know, something that's dynamic that catches the eye, that, that you know, is uh, representative of what your your company is about and what your brand is, but also that communicates information clearly in a way that can be easily digested. I think there's that balance there, that Venn diagram where there's that perfect spot in the middle. And, and Kim, you mentioned this, that... It's important to have experts that understand these choices and understand uh, these factors that go into this that can help guide that decision-making process.
2: We can shortcut that process for people with some great conversations and make sure that people are happy out of the gate. Because the minute that you have your equipment installed, you want to make sure that content is up and running that very day.
0: So Rob, you know, as we're talking about content, I think it's important to then bring into the conversation the equipment aspect of all of this because that's the the driver of ROI in all of this is that, you know, you can have the best content in the world, have dynamic stuff that's that's mixed with, you know, clearly communicated information and and all of these things like what we're talking about. But if you don't make the right decisions as far as equipment is concerned, then you're going to have people that can't read the menu boards and can't see it. And there's not going to be that benefit there from making the right content decisions. So talk me through some of the factors to consider when it comes to the hardware that you deploy. Sure.
1: First thing I'd like to say is the average lifespan of a digital menu board system is going to be anywhere between six to eight years. And the operators need to understand the upfront costs of that menu board, which is going to include a digital screen, the equipment needed to properly and safely hang the system, the programming software, which would be the CMS system that's connected not only to the audio, but also to the order entry system within the restaurant or within the place of business, as well as thinking through who's hosting all this, who the content updates and their equipment replacement. Not to mention, when they're thinking through all this, include the monthly or yearly programming fees for the content management system. Or if you're going to lease out the displays and all the hardware, What's that going to be? And on top of that is that now the equipment because you've already thought through what the costs are going to be associated with your menu board system. And now how am I going to get the best menu board system into the we we'll call it the drive-through area of my, of my business? And the first thing is looking for outdoor-rated devices. Outdoor-rated devices should have an IP rating. And an IP rating is an ingress protection number. It classifies the amount of protection from solid objects, which would include fingers, dust, accidental contact, and water intrusion. This standard aims to provide a more detailed measurement of expected protection instead of a vague marketing term. So for example, the first digit of an IP rating would help prevent the ingress of fingers or objects. The second digit in an IP rating helps determine the ingress of water into an actual display. Therefore, if a display was an ingress protection of 68, six would equal dust height, completely protected, whereas then the eight is, it could be fully immersed within one meter of water. And this scale goes anywhere from two to six on the first digit and then two to eight on the second. And you now it's hard to withstand mother nature And outdoor displays normally have ratings of IP56 or higher. And there's only a few in the market that are truly IP68, which is dust tight and watertight. The second, which I feel needs to be considered is screen brightness, otherwise known as nits in the industry. It's a challenge to see clear image on a display in direct sunlight. Even ambient light on a bright day can make seeing content on the screen difficult. The brighter the screen, of course, the better it competes with other sources of light. Now, consumer displays, they're around 200 to 300 nits. They work great within living rooms, front rooms, basements, dens of a house. But on the Trinac menu board for commercial applications, specifically outdoor, those menu boards are about 2,500 nits or even brighter. There are some displays now that are on the market that are about 5,000 nits. And when it gets dark out and it starts to become dusk, those are like beacons or what I would say, lighthouses in the fog because they just penetrate through any type of ambient light that's around them. The third thing that I would think of is use commercial displays that are built to handle temperature extremes. Manufacturers use a variety of different technologies, such as cooling fans or heat sinks to dissipate heat to operate in various temperature ranges. Mm -hmm. These various solutions handle high heat, can impact energy usage as well as a displays IP rating. So a unit with an exhaust fan will have a slightly lower IP rating because it can't be fully submerged in water. And then lastly is power consumption. We're going to be using displays that are 2,500 nits or brighter, where now we're looking at higher uses of wattage. That display is going to use between 186 to 510 watts per hour. And that broad range of power consumption needs to be taken into account for the total cost of ownership. So when we go back to ROI and you're looking at all the products that I'm going to need for an outdoor environment and what's going to cost me for my monthly fee of content, my content creation, the cost of my display, the cost of my hardware, I've got to remember how much is it going to cost me to actually run this menu board.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a really great point. I think it's important to to have all of those factors and to to be educated on the different things that have to be considered when you're talking about an outdoor menu board, specifically because, as you mentioned, you know, temperature extremes, things like that. Like I live in Texas, so in the summertime you know, that it's gonna be, you know, 100 degrees plus. Uh, But then you also have places like uh, in in Wisconsin or something like that where in the wintertime it's gonna be frigid cold. And so, you know, just having that acknowledgement that there are different factors to to consider when we're talking about outdoor menu boards as opposed to uh, just any regular LED screen, right? And so um, this is not a situation where you just wanna take consumer products and put them outside because they're not gonna function the way that you need them to.
1: Definitely, and most commercial grade products are going to have a warranty associated with it that will last more than three years. Residential grade, if I go to a big box store and buy a display that I'm going to put outside, that warranty is null and void. But if I go to a a distributor or a dealer and buy an outdoor commercial grade display, My warranty is gonna be anywhere between three to maybe even five years to protect that display and in the environment that's been designated by that manufacturer.
2: So I'm glad you brought up the ROI because we get asked that question all the time. And I always say, you've gotta start with really good equipment. And it's exactly what Rob was just describing. All the components that come together to make a great digital deployment is an investment in time, in longevity of the system they can last up to six to eight years, and warranties go from three to five years, or, you know, just depends on the manufacturing. But what's great about that is from my standpoint as an integrator, that we can service that equipment and provide the warranty service and work with a great company who will support their warranty and in a really timely fashion. Not only that, we provide the ongoing content management, which allows us to look at everything from a return on investment standpoint with the client. We have to determine always what's important to the client, though, as a measure or gain value. Is it customer experience? Is it actually dollar? Maybe they're ordering more off the board because of the way they're viewing the information now, or they're able to talk about the monthly specials in a much more fluent way um, when the customer comes up to the window. There's all kinds of things to be looking at, um, and they aren't always easy to calculate. Sometimes Mm -hmm. they're those intangible pieces.
0: Yeah, that's that's a that's a really great point. Um, you know, th- those those intangibles can be hard to calculate, and, and you're right. But making those those important decisions and having those things, um, you know, in your back pocket, I think is is a, a huge driver of ROI and can be really really helpful. And, and especially as as we continue talking about just the the outdoor elements, Rob, and some of the other things that you have to think through you know you mentioned uh, enclosures and displays and media players and things along those lines but you also have cameras right and new sensor products that are out there in the in the market and so all of these things have to work together and to be able to withstand the elements that uh, that can be thrown at them right and so again that's just another decision that you have to make when it comes to uh, to what your drive-through is going to look like
1: most definitely everything should be commercial grade and made for continuous use not all operations are 24-7, but it needs to be thought of that if you are a 24-7 operation, will this product last 365, 24-7? Mm-hmm. Um, on top of that, I mean, if there's one thing to take away on top of all this, is there should be almost four points to consider when you're looking at outdoor equipment for this menu board. Number one is how well it would withstand being exposed to water and dust which leads back to an IP reading. What is the brightness or nit rating for the display? Can you see it in the bright outdoors? How will your solution dissipate heat? Can it survive the cold winter months? What is the energy consumption? What are the impacts of the total cost of ownership? And what features will the content that's gonna be on it be the most readable? So it goes back again to what Kim was talking about earlier about content as king. The equipment doesn't do itself justice if the content isn't fully thought through and then pertains directly to the business as well as then to the consumer or guest that's walking up or driving up to it.
2: I'm so glad you brought that up, Rob, because I wanted to talk a little bit about branding. Branding is obviously a key reason that people want to put up digital signage as their brand evolves and changes and their corporate culture, shifts and moves. They want to be portraying that in a real-time way to their customers. It's very hard to update static menus and other kinds of uh, peripheral collateral items that people might use to enhance or sell things in their business. So installing this digital real-time updatable system is really what allows that flexibility and affordability because it's expensive to do those static updates. So branding guidelines, some things to consider when you're thinking about a digital deployment is that your branding guidelines might not actually translate into a digital screen. If you have a font that's not very firm or easily readable um, at a distance, no matter how thick the font is, you might need to add a digital branding guideline with certain colors and certain fonts for those applications. White in our world is a really big no-no. White just does not translate well in the background. It's a, it it glares. There's not good contrast with readability. There's a lot of things that you can do in the background template of a digital deployment that will allow the content to be viewed so much more pleasantly when you approach that screen.
0: So Kim, you know, you mentioned the benefits of being able to, you know, uh, update content in real time, right? And I think one of the things that is important to to mention is just why that's why that's important, and and some of the factors that that play into that. So, what does real time content updating allow for you to do as a business, and what kind of things does that provide for in terms of um, in terms of what your capabilities are?
2: Well, as a business owner, it's it's like. It's the best thing that could happen to me because if I have a supplier that changes pricing on me all of a sudden, I can respond to that. And it could be be that I respond in a certain location, zip code or region of the country with that information uh, where our prices might be elevated. And in some cases, they might be decreased as well. But I can respond to different stores' needs based on that particular location. And that's, that's just the best flexibility out there um, when you're talking about a digital deployment. Mm. The same goes for taxes are different in all different kinds of counties, even inside of one state. Customers like to know what to expect. Information that you can provide to them that you learn that is important to them is valuable. So when I walk up to a menu, if I can easily see the pricing and see a seasonal choice, As Rob was mentioning earlier, sometimes you get flustered and you don't, if you don't see something familiar to you on the menu, you don't Mm. know what to order. And and I think Tyler, you even said this, you pick something and then you're disappointed later, but we all want to try something at some point. So a seasonal drink or a seasonal food or a seasonal ingredient is always a good way to try something, right? So Mm. if that's easily displayable, it explains what's in the beverage or the food item, I can make a choice really quickly. Same goes with promotions, informing people about your employees, even or possibly even community initiatives that you uh, your company takes part in, and really building that brand awareness that you guys are part of the community. This is your chance to put that information on there in a really thoughtful way.
0: You know, I think that's I think that's a really good point, and maybe something that that isn't thought of maybe as much as, uh, as maybe it could be, it's just that idea that, that your brand and who you are as a company, who you are as a business can be communicated utilizing these tools and utilizing these resources, right? So do you have some practical tips on, on ways to do that, on, on ways to communicate who you are as a business and, and what your values are uh, in terms of just using, you know, menu boards and, and the drive-through as a, as a vehicle to do that?
2: So one of the things we, is a term that we use is day parting of content. Mm-hmm. And day parting is content that can be changed throughout the hours of operation for a business. So there might be certain things that are more appropriate during the morning or during the afternoon or during the evening time. And you can actually adjust your menu so that it is is implementing those particular things that might be of interest to people. Again, you're informing that you have these different opportunities to share things at different parts of the day. And you're really catering to real-time operational standpoint things. One other thing that's really important, and of course really timely right now, is our special circumstances of Co-19 that's, that's been a topic lately. Those are the kinds of things that you could actually put onto a menu in a certain zone of the menu. You could share what your practices are right now as a corporation or a company to inform that consumer what to expect when they get up to the window. Are we wearing masks right now? Are we washing our hands in a certain way? What's you know what are we doing to uh, communicate to you in the way that you need to be communicated to now? But we can inform you on that menu before you even approach the window, so you have an expectation already, or a corrected expectation.
0: You know, I'm, I'm glad you I'm glad you brought that up because I think. I think one of the things that if we use the the COVID-19 example, you know, just as a reference point, I think that one of the things that a lot of people have learned and maybe come to understand from this particular time in our history is that there is an importance to be nimble and to have this ability to get messaging out and to communicate clearly and well with customers across a lot of different industries. And so I, I think that, you know, businesses and, and, and restaurants are looking for ways to, increase the, the amount that they are able to be flexible, to be nimble, and to communicate. And, and so I, I think that as we talk about, you know, real-time updating of content and the ability to share messages like this, that this recent time that we've just gone through it has certainly been a time that has highlighted the need for these particular things, right?
2: Absolutely. And I, I do want to add, you know, uh, something I've been thinking about lately is that how, how drive throughs have become so important right now. I mean, they are, they are a great lifeline for a lot of people. People are depending on them for food. They're depending on them for comfort in places where we can't walk into like we were used to before. They are interacting with that screen or the squawk box when they're placing their order. And then they're interacting with the person who's at the window. And the person at the window is really, I believe, such a key component right now that it, we could probably have a whole conversation about that. That very person is your touch point right now. And it's the eye contact, the way that you're being treated, the personal contact, maybe even sharing your name, the person who's waiting on you, they're doing a lot of that right now. I've seen a lot of really great adjustments in that customer service realm.
1: Mm-hmm. It almost b- plays into what Starbucks introduced, I think it was almost two years ago, with their drive through where they implemented cameras within their menu board. Whereas if you pulled up to it, you'd be able to see the barista taking your order. They would be able to see you and you'd have that two-way conversation back and forth as you're placing the order, um, which was, it's a really good concept, especially for ADA considerations. So it's a good segue into that.
2: And I know we're going to talk about it a little bit Is just some other things coming. Right. And, um, but I, uh, on the drive-through side, Rob, I also just want to talk a little bit, and I'd love to hear your experience. What are some of the other businesses that you've run across? Because I know we've run across beauty salons, rental stores, heavy equipment sales stores, um, places that you wouldn't normally think might have drive-through or kiosk services. But really, there's such, there's such a use for it in many industries that aren't currently using it other than restaurant and beverage.
1: Most definitely. We've seen the use of almost like a preview board or a pre sell um, single display unit placed in front of convenience stores that have a drive through access or even banks and financial institutions for their drive through, where before you drive up to the bank, the electronic display is advertising what the current rates are for the day, what special of CDs, what type of loans are being available and what the APR is for those. We've also seen them in drive-through convenience stores, most notably in Texas, where I've seen, we've put a few in where before you're coming in to drive-through to pick up your, your chips, your soft drinks, your beverages, You're able to see what the list of daily items are for that day or even the promotional specials and then as you pull in you're able to order it from there. Uh, Also seeing those type of boards go into construction areas before the truck driver with the dump truck or with the semi truck or the tanker truck gets onto the site. That menu board or what I call a digital signage board now is basically showcasing other protections needed which way you need to go um, Mm -hmm. dump trucks to the left semi trucks to the right make sure you check in with the guard etc so there's so many uses for a menu board slash digital signage board rather than just a drive-through but it can also be used in other areas or other different vertical markets one that we just did last year is an amusement park where Guests were walking up to the picnic area, and what better way to find out where the rest of your family or the rest of your group is at than walking up to this digital sign, this menu board of saying the minor family to the left, the Tyler family to the right, the Kimberly family straight ahead. It just helps alleviate the confusion that guests may, may come across in a new setting that just helps them ease into where they're supposed to go next.
2: That's a great that's a great thing to point out. Wayfinding is kind of what I'm hearing you say and wayfinding is an amazing tool um, used inside and outside of uh, facilities as you just described and um, uh, I know that they were even using some of those recently in New York at some of the hospital systems and so it's a you know again so many ways to use this technology. It's all about how you're going to apply it to your industry and the things that really mean something to the people who are approaching your store Um, and being able to be confident in your order, being able to be confident in finding their way around. People just want to know what to do next. And they like to find that out as soon as they can.
1: Agreed.
0: And, you know, Kimberly, you brought up a a great point bringing up a a medical application because that's, that's one of the things that, that we've seen a lot of recently as well is just utilizing that wayfinding and utilizing the information that can be displayed using uh, using these boards. Um, as a way of uh, limiting some human contact when it comes to uh, to healthcare applications, just to make sure that people stay safe and that people still get the information needed. So again, that comes back to the the importance of content, making sure you're making the right equipment choices, and then the ability to update that content frequently with with relevant information as it relates to healthcare or you know whatever industry you might be in. That uh, I think it's important to point out that this this applies throughout lots of different areas, not just for QSRs and not just for you know a, a Starbucks or, you know, a drink-type platform?
2: As an integrator, we've installed in many, many types of situations. And and inside of a hospital, we might use it with uh, marketing or communications to employees. It can be used in the chapel area. It can be used in philanthropy. It can be used in um, the cafeteria for menus, of course. They have a huge food service area. Um, And, again going back to the wayfinding. Wayfinding takes place at a hospital outside first in the parking areas. And then secondly, when they get back into a building and they're looking to go where they need to go.
0: Thanks for checking out part one of this episode with Rob and Kim as we dive into drive throughs and all of the nuances and things to discuss there. We will be back soon with episode two, so make sure to stay tuned for that second episode in the series where we're going to dive in and talk a little bit more about emerging technologies and things along those lines. So it's going to be a really fun conversation. You don't want to miss part two of this podcast series. But until then, I've been your host today, Tyler Kern. Thanks for listening.